RLC founder Dave Evans spends time with partners, clients, and friends in the USA talking about all things business. If you are an inspiring business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO, or a coach who wants real advice about what to do in business today and wants to hear frank conversations, then this is the show for you. Real life consultations, challenges, and ideas from all around the world. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consultivation. We are live with Consultivation, the podcast about friends who are advisors or in business having conversations. And back with me with great excitement, with a little bit of intrepidation, is the man with the Ura, Kevin Turnbull. Ura guy is back with us. Kevin, how are you? I'm very well, Dave. Thank you so much. And my aura is shining. I'm glad to hear it, Kevin. And before we talk about who's with us today, how good was the last episode with uh, Lisa O'Daly from Chatham House? That was fantastic. Very um, very thought-provoking, I thought. Um, so yeah. A great chat. Good conversation about important things. Oh, totally important things. Uh, we have with us Eric Swick from Swick Business Strategies, who's here to keep us strategic, intentional, and on task. Hi, Eric. Hi there. Good to be back. And Eric, do, do you know this other chap who people might be able to see by now? Do you know who I, he is? I, have you I do know Martin. I've drank a few glasses of wine with him over the years. And um, uh, what's, what's he like? What's he like? Um, I think he's a very focused person when it comes to business. And when it's not business, he parties hard. <laughs> I've, I've heard similar things and, and particularly was very impressed with a uh, through, the, through the lockdown series. It's something you still do, isn't it, at Stellar Angels, Martin? Martin Cody, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be here and good to see you again, Eric. Yeah. Now then, uh, Martin, well, you do you do like wine tasting once a week and it's live, isn't it? Matching wine to a conversation. Are you still doing that at the moment? We are. It's every Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. In the United States, we interview someone in the wine industry. Usually it's winemakers or owners of wineries and discuss educational topics and people tune in from all over the country. That, that's absolutely brilliant. And of course, we are here to talk about uh, mindset today. Martin, uh, what role has mindset played in your life? Uh, it is absolutely probably one of the most important foundational pieces of everything I do. And it has been a <laughs> journey of a lesson to learn as much about it as possible, because I think it is essentially your personal doctrine, belief system of principles, actions, behaviors, attitudes, uh, and it allows you to make sense of the world that you're in. And you, it changes, it evolves, but uh, typically I think there's either two foundational areas of mindset there's either a fixed mindset or a growth mindset and, and i try to subscribe to the growth mindset we'll talk about that in a moment um kevin and eric what's your views on what martin has said um well i think it's uh i, I, I like i like what he says uh and you know when you look back at your life and your career and all that sort of stuff you wonder what sort of mindset were you in when you did that or did that? Um, and, uh, and I think a lot of people don't really um, take on board the fact that mindset is intentional. You know, you can, you can decide how your mindset is going to be today or this year 
um, or, or for this job. Uh, so it's really important to recognize it. Yeah, the thing that, you know, what Martin said that stuck out to me is it, it changes. It, it's depending on the situation you're in, you may have a different mindset than you may have in other situations. And, you know, I think it's also a situation where you may find that like what Kevin was just talking about, where your mindset is, and it may not really be where you want. And having that ability to change it um, is really important, I feel. That's, that's a great shot. So, uh, Martin, you've kind of kicked us off beautifully here. And, you know, one of the things that we always talk about from an RLC slant with mindset is the hyphen that's in the middle. And, you know, it's a clue for somebody to, to almost like you said a minute ago, to recognize, have a system, have a way of being better. We were coaching a group this morning in a large brand and we were talking about, you know, who is guilty of deleting, distorting, or generalizing key information, good or bad, doesn't matter. And how useful it is at times to learn how to delete things. You know, things that get in the way of a growth mindset that you just go, no, I'm going this way. So Martin, in terms of uh, thinking about this, this mindset piece, and I'd like to ask you a very specific question, if that's all right, that I was thinking Please. about thinking about earlier on, and I, and I know that we've prepared a few things to talk about, but you're better when you're just telling me stuff you think. So what would you say are your top three mindset tips that maybe you've learned over the years? I would say, and Kevin talked a little bit about this with regards to your mindset changes with age. And, and one of the things that I am hyper acutely aware of right now is time. And I've been telling in the sales leadership roles that I've had over the years that there are 1,440 minutes per day. They aren't making more of them. There is no app for this. You throw in eight hours of sleep and now you're down to 960 minutes a day. And we're all gifted with the same amount. So you can either waste them, spend them, kill them or whatever as it relates to time. But as you get older, you realize the investment of those minutes is critically important. So I try to make certain that anybody that I'm engaged with, either on the wine side or the healthcare side, I respect their time. And, and likewise, they respect mine because when you get older, it, it's amazing how you see how fleeting time is. And you can go back to vacations that you had years ago. And you're like, oh yeah, we'll come back here. And now, now 20 years have gone by and you were like, well, maybe I, we won't get back there. We, we have to get back there type of stuff. So fundamentally, the first thing I, would focus on is time. The second key thing as it relates to mindset is have some guiding principles. And, and those principles should be kind of the pillars of your faith and belief system as if not religious, but as your success belief system. And, and I have 15 of them. And so I, I look at those 15 principles as, as how I need to comport myself as it relates to what goals we are looking for to accomplish and what processes we want to put in place to make certain we meet those goals those two big things uh, or those two things right there are first and foremost they're, they're, ma they're massive aren't they and and we talk about and, and you know what i'm going to add another massive one because there's a third one that i think is that probably supersedes all the others and and that is that we we are our, our own antennas so we attract essentially what we, we become what we read what we eat and and what we think and so i mean you 
for years, for decades, people have said you are what you eat. And there's some truth to that. And, and we say you can either pay the farmer or you can pay the doctor. So if you eat healthy, your body is an amazing organism that will give you the energy, the vitality. You know, you eat things that are natural versus processed and you reduce the inflammation and you're at your best. And then what do you read? What, what antenna, what is your mind absorbing? You know, there's too many people right now scrolling their life away on devices and, and they aren't going to get that time back. So being what you read, what you think and what you eat are, are two things that, that I try to adhere to with almost a militant rigor. And when, when did you realize that? Uh, probably too late in life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I, you know, when they say with age comes wisdom and when you're 20, 25, you, you still think you're bulletproof. And then when you're 30, you realize you don't know everything. And then you spend a whole heck of a lot of time catching up to recognize that, all right, I, I got to get this house in order and, and start making some changes and, and, and leave it a legacy and building things and contributing and giving back. And, and so I think it's just an evolution process. I mean, I really like that, Kevin and Eric, uh, for a second, about we are our own intent, we become what we read, what we eat and what we think. What do you chaps think about, you know, what is essentially a really powerful uh, statement? Absolutely. I, I think the whole idea of my mindset is to recognize my mindset is a kind of great reinforcing tool. Um, and also that your mindset changes. You know, I was up with my, staying with my daughter, um, who I haven't seen very much because of the pandemic. She lives in Yorkshire. And I had a very growth-oriented mindset, um, uh, Martin, you'll be pleased to know, until we went to a distillery visit and we had a gin tasting session. And then it went from, I tell you, it went from growth to fixed very quickly. Um, yeah. I was fixed in the moment and having a good time. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, I tell you. It was marvelous. So, uh, Martin, how do you apply that mindset to the business you're in today? So just give us a bit of an insight as to who are Seller Angels? Sure. And, and Seller Angels is an online direct-to-consumer wine company specializing exclusively in wines from Napa and Sonoma. More often than not, probably 85 to 90% of the time, you can't get these wines in a retail setting because they're from limited production wineries that make small amounts of artisan high-end wines. They just don't make a lot of them, so they fall through the cracks of the United States three-tier distribution system. So we started the company in 2010, focused with the intent to get these great wines into more hands around the country. And also on the flip side of that, allow consumers access to wines without having to travel to Napa and Sonoma and get delivered to their house. And then as a byproduct of that connection, connecting the producer to the consumer, we throw off proceeds to charity. So it, wine is a big part of, of our life. We travel for it, we, we love it, we share it with people, it brings people together. But as it relates to a mindset standpoint and some of those 15 principles I talked about earlier, you know, the first one is having a definite chief aim. What is it that we want to accomplish with Seller Angels? And then self-confidence. Uh, we get into the habit of saving, the initiative and leadership, because you, when you're an e-commerce company breaking new ground in new spaces, you just can't follow a mold that has already existed because there is no mold. So you have to have some imagination is another principle. Uh, the two or three big ones that I think are 
are overarching is, is self-control where I don't think, and it had, that has a lot of meaning. So, so not chasing every shiny object, uh, sticking with the discipline that, you know, when something's working and, cons and cons consistently going through the small steps of process and, and systems and inter introduction of systems, so to speak, it doesn't happen overnight. So you have to have the discipline and the self-control to not we yeah. wave from the path. And then big, I'm a big believer in what's referred to as the principle of accurate thought. And, and to me, it's, it's, is the information you have factual or fiction or hearsay, and you have to make key business decisions on facts. And I, I used to use an analogy all the time from a military standpoint where a general is going to overtake uh, an opponent and he says, where is the opponent? And someone says, well, we've got information that they're over this hill. Well, do you have information or do you have intelligence? I would yeah. like to have someone up on that hill with eyes on the enemy to make certain I've got the intelligence versus the information and I have facts. And, and that is that helps those sorts of things guide kind of the decision making, the evolution of the organization and where we want to go. And you know, I'm sure Eric and Kevin will want to ask you a question about Seller Angels specifically in a second, which is a huge app. Um, how has it tested your mindset? Oh, <laughs> you mean today or just in general? In general, yeah. It's the entrepreneurial life tests your mindset every single day. And you've heard the the, the phraseology oftentimes, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, get comfortable laying on your kitchen floor, wondering how you're going to make payroll, uh, those sorts of things. It's, yeah. it, it, you have to have faith in a system that is unproven and you go quite a long distance in time between victories and you still have to have the consistency, the discipline, the self-control to believe that what you're doing is working and and to stay the course there's pivots are fine but you you can't continue to pivot uh, endlessly and aimlessly so yeah it, it tests your mindset and at the end of the day you get these anecdotal shots in the arm uh, that come from sources that you wouldn't recognize and a, a perfect example was last friday you talked about our virtual events and there was a guest on last friday that was not the the co-host but was someone in the audience and this person was extremely high ranking in the Napa Valley uh, system. And he said, wow, what you guys are doing is absolutely the real deal. This is amazing. And we didn't know that person was going to be in the audience. This person is influential. And so you just don't know where that positive validation is going to come from. And you just have to stay the course and trust that it's going to be all right. That's the growth mindset. Yeah. Eric, Kevin, what do you think? What do you, what do you want to ask? This yeah, time? you know, I. I I've been thinking about your business model, Martin, and you've been doing this for a while. And you think back to the last 18 months of the year, a lot of people had a pivot to kind of your model doing, you know, retail sales virtually, basically. And I'm just curious, are there any key points that you would share with people? I mean, you shared some really good points so far, but anything that you would attribute success in that realm? or advice that you would give a business owner that's saying, hey, I've got to pivot my model and I've got to go to more of a virtual type of model. I think it's important that even we were 100% virtual since 2010. So yeah. we, we pivoted in one capacity that we started to do live virtual events. 
And with everybody kind of sequestered and sheltered in place, you had a captive audience. Then we had to pivot, how could we get wine into these folks' hand? And so we came up with uh, separate kits that, are, that have three, four, five wines at a time. And then the person can order a kit and then sit down in front of their computer. And for the next four or five Fridays in a row, they've got the wine that we are tasting collectively with the person who made the wine and can ask them questions. So that wasn't anything that was in a strategy session 18 months ago. It was a, a quick pivot. And, okay. and Eric, as far as advice or suggestions, for us, it always goes back to uh, the golden rule, which we all were taught as children. And yeah. we also like to over deliver. So making certain that under promise and over deliver is all part of the Seller Angels mission. And then cooperation. And, and I, I use cooperation through everywhere. And it's, you know, we've stood on the shoulders of giants and that's who's gotten this here type of thing from a belief system, from an industry penetrating system. And, and where can we learn from? Because we can't do it alone and, and we're not above asking for help. Yeah. So I, I think those three areas, especially if someone's venturing into the virtual space and live events and stuff like that, seek the assistance of others and, and try to over deliver on whatever you're promising. I mean, that, that's a great point because, you know, so many people are just focused on their own business and doing what they're doing. But where I've seen really um, world-class business owners are people that are willing to share, um, share. And I work a lot with the restaurant industry and it's amazing how much those people have a community and they talk with each other and they share ideas, especially over the last year and a half you know, how to deal with the employee issues and things like that. And even though they're competitors, they don't look at it that way. They look at how can we learn from each other? So that's a great point. Yeah, and everyone is facing challenges that they weren't prepared for. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but this is my first pandemic. So, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully it'll last. You know what, I have a 97 year old dad and it's his first pandemic, so. Good. It's been a while. So, so Martin, uh, tell me, what is it that lights you up? I love when people excel beyond their perceived limits of expectation. And, and that can be teaching them golf, teaching them skiing, teaching them right now, it's for quite a few years, teaching them wine. And when people get outside their comfort zone and grow, intellectually, maturationally, and from an expansion standpoint of what they perceived were the, the boundaries or limitations, that lights us up. When we can turn someone on to a vineyard that only makes 150 cases versus the 500,000 cases that they've been buying from, and they save money, it's better fruit, it helps a charity, and that person gets authentically excited about it, that lights us up. That's tremendous. It's almost, you know, it's almost poetically perfect because as coach, coaching and consulting, that's the right. one thing I know I look for and I look for moments like that. And it's wonderful when you get to see them, isn't it? Correct. Yep. And, and, you know, you also started in the last couple of years, this wine club model. What's the point to that? That was actually uh, my co-founder's idea, Denise because we had previously owned a bricks and mortar wine shop in Chicago and we had a very successful wine club. Wine club are, are very 
challenging logistically in the back office side of things because if, if as soon as you start scaling and you run into some credit card declines or those sorts of things then it becomes a very manual business and if you're a small business you normally don't have the resources for that so we decided <laughs> Uh, after seven years that we had to get back in the wine club business. We wish we would have decided it earlier on, but we catered to a fairly affluent clientele and they were the ones that sent us emails and said, listen, I love everything I've gotten from you guys. I just don't have time to watch the videos or see what the offer is. Just send me a case of wine a quarter. And so that was complimentary in a couple different ways. One, they love the wines they're getting, but two, they trust our brand integrity enough that we have their credit card and they wanted us to just blindly send them 12 bottles of wine. So a pretty nice validation statement there. So that is now morphed into three different quarterly wine clubs of varying quantities and actually capacity or quality because our entry level wine club is called the flight club. And you might get six to eight bottles of wine, 150 to $175 or so a quarter. And then our highest end wine is called the library club and you'll get 12 bottles of wine at 600 to 800 dollars a quarter and you also get a heck of a lot more visibility and perks from the winery which it may be autographed bottles it may be personal phone calls from the winemaker and stuff like that where you can actually entertain and have six eight people over in your kitchen because we all know at the end of the day everybody ends up in the kitchen anyways when you have company so it's nice to be able to interact with the winemaker, but these clubs have taken off because people don't have time to go to the wine store and look for wines. They know that we're sourcing really, really special juice from arguably one of the top wine regions in the world. And with the proceeds to charity, it, it becomes a very simple, low barrier to entry. That's, that's tremendous. And, and I know that I'm you know, gutted. I can't get that here in Scotland. Um, because I'd be signing up to your wine club straight away. But for our US viewers, it's a fantastic system. And, and I know we've used your system several times for some of our friends and, and teammates in the USA because you've got this, and I, I love this boutique battle that's disrupting the wine industry to bring people who can't get to the marketplace to the consumer causing a level of a level of disruption isn't it martin so you know why Le would it lethally so it is yeah absolutely um so how has it been then uh you know you talked about denise uh, being the other founder with this how, how have you both managed to keep your mindset right uh, as a couple we well, thankfully our product is wine so yeah uh, <laughs> I, I think that helps a lot denise has she's the yin to my yang she is the most organized process oriented person i've ever met and she comes from a surgical operating room background so she has she has a saying that as difficult as the wine industry can be at some times or as frustrating as it can be no one's going to die today uh, she right. didn't used to pre previously be able to say that so at the end of the day it is just wine and yeah. And we do have kind of different mindsets. She's process oriented on vision. And so we have great dynamic, uh, very healthy conversations, debates, those sorts of things. But uh, at the end of the day, we know what the business requires. We know how to move it forward. We know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So it's, it's a matter of capitalizing on those, trying to avoid the weaknesses and just continually continue the forward momentum. And I, and I think that's really important. We can often get lost in fixing things that actually 
waste no time, as in weaknesses. And Dave, focus. it sounds like another couple I know. I, I, don't, I don't know. You told if me it wasn't for Debbie, I don't know where you'd be. <laughs> no, I, 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 hope, I hope she's watching this. <laughs> I, I will willingly accept it, and Kevin will tell you firsthand it's true. It is true, yeah. And but it, it's nice to have that dynamic, isn't it, where you can get it right. Um, I, I'd like to just ask you, you know, what happens on days when maybe you don't quite get it right, and, and maybe your mindset's a little squiffy. Yeah, how, it's, how do you do that? It, it's challenging because we all have um, the 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 chatter monkey, the the devil and angel, uh, the dark place that we can go. And for me, you can, I mean, one of the other foundational 15 things I, I focus on is failure. And I don't really think of it as failure. And, and I've said for years, I don't lose, I learn. And those sorts of things, but you will get knocked down. And, and the, you have to remember you know, life isn't fair. And it, once you go into it with that mindset, and there's another thing I think that comes with age and wisdom is when you get to a certain age point and maturation level, you stop seeking gratification externally and you start looking for it internally. So the next job promotion, the next account you sign, the shiny new car, the second vacation home, these things aren't going to fill you up inside. And we chase some of those things so I have to remember that on those demoralizing days when the when the deal doesn't get signed or or the PR agency that was going to do a story for you in a magazine that has millions of readers, they decide to go with someone else and, and you are uh, not happy would be the understatement of the century. You have to pick yourself up. It's the ancient Japanese proverb of fall down seven, get up eight. and. And th that's not easy, but you just have to kind of remind yourself. I think everyone here is capable of riding a bicycle, but it wasn't that way when we all started out. We, we <laughs> you know, we, we took a couple of dingers and yeah. and I, I kind of try to keep that in my mind that says, OK, this too shall pass. I have to go through this. This is not a comfortable feeling, but there's a difference between demoralization and depression. And yeah. some of these things are demoralizing. And, and I accept them and you just have to, it's going to sting a little, uh, but once you recognize and believe that you can come through the other side, knowing that you're going to get dinged or knowing that you're going to fall off the bike in advance, that you will be better on the other side, that helps lessen the sting. It, you know, the one thing you said, Martin, right at the beginning of that, though, I love the fact of like, if you fall, get back up, but you also mentioned learn from it. You know, and I think that's something that people just lose focus and it's like, yeah, something bad happened. Yeah, they'll get back up. But let me learn from that. So maybe the next time I fall, I don't fall as far. Right. As, as hard. So I think that's a great point. I like that. And, and so I want to ask Kevin and Eric to ask you a, a juicy question of their, of their choosing, Martin. So it's almost like the free pass round. And I know that Kevin's going through his library of difficult questions right now. Um, uh, as you can see live, look, if you're watching, Kevin's getting ready. Um, but I, I think today, if you're listening, it's really important to recognize many of the things Martin has shared 
but a daily doctrine, a daily routine, a set of principles, an idea of your intent. And I'd like to come right back to something we all are subscribers to that, you know, through our Dollar Dream Club work, we really care about too, which is this mastery of the world within. And I think you are right, Martin. It is something that you become much more curious about the older you get, because you start to realize that out here, this world without is not where the answer is. It's from the inside out. And and I really quite like, love the fact that you referenced that because if if I could have learned that one thing earlier in my life, right. uh, how many things could you have applied it to, you know, and save time? So let's uh, ask Mr. Turnbull, uh, he's been writing down the question. I know it's going to be a belter. Uh, Kevin, is this something that you want to ask uh, Martin Cody? I do actually, and um, and and this is a there's a lot of things in this question, um, and I'm not really interested in the answer. I'm interested in how you coped with it. Um, but you know, um, working in a virtual space and and developing an e-commerce model and and doing a kind of you know a bricks and mortar component or a, or a Zoom component with it all, these are all kind of tough things that you're learning on the job. So my question is. What's the hardest challenge you've faced in your life? Patience. A absolute patience. Uh, it's and, and patience uh, sub point underneath patience is empathy and tolerance and, and recognizing that those weren't taught to me at a young age, but I need to learn those very, very quickly. And I'm not a patient person. <laughs> so as you learned earlier when I referenced how many minutes are in a day and please don't waste any of mine but <laughs> there's I, I, that that Kevin is really the hardest thing is is and it, this is a perfect example in the pandemic because someone doesn't get back to you with an email in 24 hours 48 hours okay uh, I've come from organizations where that's almost immediate termination and but in a pandemic it's different yeah. and and it's funny because I received an email today from an organization that we are most likely going to do some business with, but it was seven or eight days prior to this person's response. And you're sitting there going, what, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, but lo and behold, this person had some time off. And I learned this morning that both his parents had come down with COVID. So you, that's the type of stuff that switches your dynamic in an instant. And then you realize, yeah. okay, hang on, let's have some humility. Let's have some compassion. Let's have some empathy. And, and those are the hardest items I've had to learn. And I'm not good at them, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I think that's great, uh, Martin. You were straight in with that without, without any hesitation at all. You didn't have to think for a moment. That's brilliant. Good. Let's come over to you, Eric. Have you got a belting question? A question? I don't know if it's belting question, Kevin. You know, it's hard to always follow Kevin. Um, <laughs> but Martin, I know that you know you have the seller angels angels thing going, but you also have another career. And I guess my question to you is, how do you balance those two? Because I would think, you know, obviously, sellers angels, drinking wine, you know, it's a fun thing. The other is, you know, more traditional business, selling a product to, you know, large uh, hospitals and people like that. So just give me a sense of how you balance those two things in your life. On a knife edge uh, is essentially how we balance those two things. The, the healthcare, it's interesting because that has been 
the the passion for 30 years and and now at an organization where we're trying to improve the the healthcare system by removing a lot of the redundant administrative waste with technology and very sophisticated tools you can't see these things working it's, yeah. it's i'm not selling a widget that you know, we can go through features advantages and benefits over the widget you're currently using it, it is a very sophisticated complex nuanced sales cycle and the pricing is in the six to seven digits so they aren't they aren't quick sales cycle either yeah. but when you at the end of the day when you recognize that you can bring efficiency and remove costs to a very complex and archaic healthcare system also by the way the two go hand in hand because a lot of the folks that i'm calling on in healthcare they're <laughs> wine drinkers so <laughs> it, it works quite well in that capacity there might be a cause and effect how one business started after the other. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's a common denominator here, which is drinking, I think. <laughs> I don't make the rules, Kevin. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. But you certainly play by the 15 that are, you know, governing your decisions and your life. And Marduk, I, I think it's a fabulous conversation today about giving away so many bits of insight right from the, the amount of minutes in a day, seconds in a day that we often just either waste or throw away mm -hmm. and pulling out again we are our own intent you know we become what we read what we eat and what we think so i'd like to ask you uh, give you a chance to ask us anything you'd like to ask us literally on consultation so and you can ask anyone you like amigo so you know particularly kevin uh, so if you want to ask um, kevin a question um i mean any one of us eric isn't that right yeah. Uh, I would be happy to answer for Eric or me, uh, I'm sure. sure. And I will go uh, to Kevin first uh, with a question business related. What is the single biggest business regret you've experienced in life? Oh, well, there's many of them. Um, but of course, with a positive mindset, um, it's okay to fail if you learn from it. Um, I, 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 I guess not quite achieving what I wanted to achieve um, in terms of business performance um, is there. But you know, my biggest regret is it's, it's almost a bit like yours. It's, it's controlling that impatience. You know, I, I, I ran an e-commerce company in the 1990s. So in the first wave of kind of investor hysteria, and uh, I, used, I used to counsel my, my, the company that owned us that, it's going to take a time to build this. And and probably that was the, the biggest lesson I learned through my whole career was be patient. The time might not be right, but if you're consistent, it will happen. Um, and there's a lot of luck in business as well. So you you might not get the timing quite right. You might run out of cash. Um, but, but, you know, if you're consistent with your kind of with your principles and where you're going and what you're trying to achieve and they're realistic, um, I think you'll get there. And kind of understanding all of that was the, was my tough challenge. No, I agree. And I think the, the one component underlying that or one skill set is discipline. And, and you, you talked about having the discipline to stay the course and you might run out of cash, but to actually continue on that. And, and I, I'm learning late in life that discipline is a byproduct of habits. And there's, a, I highly recommend a book out called Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg to where you can just do daily things and 
that continues to build over time. And too often we look at the the insurmountable, where it's like, oh my goodness, I need to grow 30% this year, otherwise we have to close our doors and those sorts of things. But no, you don't need to grow 30%. If you could grow a half a percent a day, or if you can improve one skill in your life, a half a percent a day, by the end of the year, you would be amazing. However, you have to do that consistently and that takes discipline. Eric, I do have a question for Eric, Dave, if we have time. Go ahead. Uh, Eric, if you could put yourself five years in the future, right now, where would it be? Oh, probably on a beach somewhere. <laughs> you know, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I love what I do. I love helping people and I'll probably continue to do that but I don't want to work as hard at as, as I have in the past. You know, I sacrificed a lot of family time in my career and that's one piece of advice I give people. You gotta have balance. And I, I spent many years where I didn't have that balance or it was balanced more work than it was family. And so, you know, now it's that time where I see myself spending time with my grandkid um, and spending time with my wife that that's where I think my priorities are now. Not that I still won't be around helping people, um, but that's where I see myself in five years. I, I think that's a, a great point. And it's something I have certainly struggled with over time. You, when you're working 80 hour weeks consistently, the balance isn't there and yeah. you're looking for the end payoff and you're willing, and that's the entrepreneurial thing. You're yeah. willing to put in the hours, but there has to be some balance. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this because working with restaurateurs, they're having a hard time finding people. And my feeling is that they need to re-engineer the entire industry because people aren't coming back to that industry for a reason. It's hard. It's it's terrible hours. Um, right. You're on your feet all the time. So my thought is we need to look at how we employ people differently going forward. So how we employ them, how we incent them, how yep. we reward them. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. There's a whole other podcast right there, isn't there? Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, <laughs> before I ask you your final question or while I ask you your final question, you, you can, of course, ask me something if you wish. Um, but I, I'd love to ask you to think about your final message to anybody watching about Stellar Angels and a concluding thought on mind hyphen setting. So uh, is there anything you'd like to ask me? Uh, I actually, I knew you like a book, so I have, there's, oh, I, I will ask you this question is, is there retirement ever in Dave Evans's future? Uh, it's really funny. I, I, I the answer is no, <laughs> it's, a, it's a straight no. And I, I was listening to a Nick, the Ikigai book yesterday while I was writing and, 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 and the number of centennials that there are in the world that are still active and self-sufficient and where in the world they are. And it immediately reminds me about your third principle, uh, particularly from earlier on in the show, about being what you read, what you eat and what you do. And, and I think, uh, no, because I know now that I wanted to know what I already know earlier. And I also know that every time I think I improve at something, um, I discover new gaps <laughs> and it's like this endless pursuit and it's not for anybody else. It's, it's for me, you know, uh, the other day I was in a situation where I felt really challenged by what I was going through and 
I was having new experiences that I'd not had before and I didn't like it. And yet I still had to experience it. And I still had to work out how to use that moment in time. And if I'm going through that, what I often find, Martin, is so are other people. And there are very few people, as Debbie and I were talking about goal setting the other day, very early in the morning, and we had this long chat about, are goals in your life uh, absolutely necessary all of the time? And in which arenas you need them the most? We all believe that we need them in business. But we were talking about goals we then set that we end up chasing and missing the moment, you know? And, right. um, we had this long conversations. You and Deb's published a couple of blogs about it on the back of it. But what we were learning, and what we were learning real time, is that we've got so much more to learn, and that there's so much. And I do apologise. I don't mean to intend to offend anybody. There's so much crap out there that doesn't actually tell you how to do things. Which, of course, as Kevin will tell you, is why you need a coach. So uh, to help you work out and make the difference so the, the answer to your question is no the animated long bit behind it is because people need help and like you said i met so many of those telling me how they can't sleep and they were telling me how they use this when they're not sleeping and i didn't have the heart to say what are you doing that for it's designed to keep you awake you were <laughs> going to a casino with oxygen you just stayed as awake um but that's just a simple thing. If we can just pass on 5% of people about self-mastery in the world within, we will have scratched the surface and it'll take the rest of our lives to do it. Yeah. Now you're precisely correct. And it's, it's funny that you put up the, the smartphone because there has been no greater mechanism ever to deliver messaging to you that you have little control over. And, and people are now intelligently incorporating digital sunsets and digital sunrises to where they'll turn devices off at a certain point in time, because you're right, those things, and it gets back to what I said earlier, where you're the antenna. So whatever you want to allow in from a signal strength to you, it is really going to make an impact in your life. And it's, it's going to creep in slowly. And yeah. that's, that's one of the thing I think people don't recognize is the habit forming that that device is. It's like, well, I'm just going to check my Instagram feed for 30 seconds. 30 seconds turns into three minutes. You do that 10 times a day and you just lost 30 minutes. I'm going to go hit Facebook because a notification popped up and then I'm going to go scrolling down Facebook and we get bombarded by millions of messages a day. So you have to be very, very careful about what you have your frequency and antenna tuned into. Yeah. A thousand percent, and that frequency and antennae starts inside your mind. It doesn't start on any gadgets that we use, and I love that. So, Martin, a passing comment about Seller Angels uh, from you, my friend. Well, I, I think it's. I'll borrow a, a phrase from uh, a customer of ours who who says, "I've never felt better buying wine," and it's a neat, intrinsic result. You don't walk out of a, of a wine store feeling very good. You sure you, you made a purchase, but when you buy wine through Cellar Angels or join the wine club, which is the easiest, lowest barrier to entry to enjoying great wine, not only are you getting access to great wines, you will also be that person at the event or party to where people will be asking you, where on earth did you find this wine? Yeah. And then you'll be helping a limited production producer because I don't think there's anybody more resilient than farmers. And mm -hmm. there's so much out of their control. And especially with what Mother Nature has done to California with regards to earthquakes and fires and frosts and rains. And then you're helping a charity. 
at the same time. So you get to sit back on your lanai or your patio and you know smoke a rack of ribs, have great wine, bring people together, and all of it because you checked a box on a website. Uh, it, it's pretty easy, and we hope more people come to Cellar Angels and, and do that process. And Martin, as a, as a final bit on mindset, would you be willing enough to share with our listeners your 15 principles so that we can publish them with, most importantly, the link to the wine club? So if you're watching this and you're thinking, I got to, and you're in America and I got to join that club, and we're going to give you the link to do that. And if you know yep. somebody in America who loves America, then pass it on to them. And the more, literally, Kevin, the merrier, right? The 15, top to bottom, you need to have, number one, a definite chief aim. You need to know where you're going. Two, self-confidence. Three, the habit of saving. You just can't spend everything. You have to have a habit of saving. Number four, initiative and leadership. Number five, imagination. You have to be creative, and all of you as entrepreneurs know this. What if we did it this way? Let's, let's be creative. Let's think outside the box. Whoops. Six, enthusiasm. I think enthusiasm is incredibly important because sometimes it can be a grind. Seven, self-control. We talked about that earlier. Eight is very important to me, doing more than paid for. Don't just show up and deliver the services that have been contracted. Go above and you will be amazed at what the results can be. Nine, pleasing personality. No one likes a grump. 10, accurate thought. We talked about that as well. Make certain the information you're getting, regardless of source, is accurate and factual. 11, concentration. So persistence and discipline, concentrate on where you're going with your definite chief aim. 12, cooperation. We talked about that. Get help from others. Look to industry leaders that you can learn from. 13, failure. Are you learning from it? 14, tolerance. Uh, be tolerant, be empathetic, and be compassionate. And then 15, the golden rule. This is still in first, you know, it's everyone knows it. It's not rocket science. Uh, but it's certainly worth repeating, especially in business. Fantastic. Thank, thank you, Martin. I'm really awesome. excited about sharing those uh, for everybody that follows what we're doing here at Consultivation. This is still season two. We've had some great conversations this season already. This show has been all about the conversation with Martin Cody, co-founder of Seller Angels. And as Eric gave a clue away, excellent medical advisor and consultant also <laughs> as well as he hangs out on a knife edge. So much to think about. We're going to just remind you about the amount of minutes that are in every day and are you thinking about where you're investing yours. And we can all do something extraordinary with making sure that we are being our own intent, our own antennae about what we read, what we eat and what we think. For more information, do visit www.sellerangels.com. And if you want more help with your things, get in touch with us at info at rlc-global.com and Eric and Kevin and I will be delighted to talk with you about the yep. challenges that you're working through. Leaves me to say first to Kevin and Eric, thank you for your time, gents, and supporting us today. Yes, thank you. Great yeah. to see you both. Yeah, same here. Yeah, it's been great. Marvelous, to have you. marvelous to have you on the show, Martin. I really appreciate your contributions and to everybody else, every success with your learning. Thank you for listening to Consultivations, brought to you by RLC Global, helping you become a best version business. 
If you want any help from the conversations in the show today, please reach out to info at rlc-global.com and one of our team would be delighted to talk with you. Go to rlcglobal.group for more information and free content designed to help you.